Healing a Broken Heart, Treatment of the Psychosocial and Emotional Consequences of a Cardiac Event. You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Women's Health. I am Dr. Lauren Stryker, your host, and with me today is Dr. Kim Leibowitz, an assistant professor in the Division of Cardiothoracic Surgery with a conjoint appointment in the Department of Psychiatry at Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine in Chicago. She's the director and founder of the Cardiac Behavioral Medicine Program of the Bloom Cardiovascular Institute. The American Heart Association recently issued a consensus opinion stating that depression is a risk factor for coronary heart disease, as well as an important prognostic factor in cardiac patients. They emphasize that emotional factors can significantly affect prognosis and are underappreciated, underdiagnosed, and undertreated. Women particularly are at increased risk of experiencing depression, anxiety, and emotional distress after a cardiac event, with a profound impact on quality of life and the risk of a repeat cardiac event. Today, we will focus on the treatment of the cardiac patient who has depression and other psychological issues that can impact on prognosis. Welcome, Dr. Leibowitz. Thank you for having me. Now, one reason that has been proposed why management of depression may be lagging in the cardiac patient is frankly, a skepticism concerning whether depression is truly related to cardiovascular risk or is rather an epiphenomenon of comorbidity and illness severity. A lot of people are depressed and a lot of people have heart disease, but are the two truly related? That's an excellent question. And I think a lot of individuals in the medical community in some ways aren't surprised to see individuals who have symptoms of depression, just assuming that these are part of the adjustment following a cardiac event or following a heart attack or cardiac surgery. Unfortunately, what we know now is that individuals who experience symptoms of depression, even if they don't meet the threshold for clinical depression, in a short period of time after a cardiac event or after cardiac surgery are at increased risk of morbidity and mortality. As a cardiac psychologist, I mean, usually you see a patient for the first time after a major cardiac event, not before. And if they're depressed, can you determine if their depression was present before their MI or if they're depressed as a consequence of the event? And does it matter in terms of your therapeutic role? You know, during a clinical evaluation, it's definitely possible to determine whether someone's depression is an initial episode or whether it's a long-standing depression. But what we also know is that it really doesn't matter. We know that individuals who have a history of depression are going to be at greater risk of experiencing depression after a heart attack or after cardiac surgery compared to someone who's never experienced depression in the past. But whether their depression is an initial episode or a repeat episode, we know that the presence of, of depressive symptoms can definitely go on to predict a poor prognosis. And when you say poor prognosis, can you be specific in terms of mortality, morbidity, what kinds of numbers do you see in these patients who are depressed? Absolutely. Some of the initial studies that came out looking at a little over 200 patients following a heart attack in Montreal in the early 1990s found that individuals who had symptoms of depression in the few days after their heart attack were three to four times more likely to die from a cardiac event in the 6, 12, and 18 months following that heart attack. That's striking. That is striking. And there's also a lot of subsequent research that's showing that individuals after bypass surgery or after a heart attack or after after diagnosis of coronary artery surgery are at increased risk of repeat hospitalizations, repeat coronary events, cardiac death. They're also at increased risk of reporting pain. They're less likely to stop smoking. They're more likely to drop out of cardiac rehab. They're more likely to engage in unhealthy lifestyle behaviors. So as 
a practical matter, what can we as physicians do to help our patients who have cardiac disease? What's the best way for us to bring up depression, the best timing? And, you know, keep in mind that we're always dealing with time constraints in the office. Absolutely. The best thing to do in any setting, whether it's a hospital setting or a clinic setting, is to screen all cardiac patients for the presence of depression. That can be done simply by asking a patient if they have a history of depression, asking them if they've been feeling sad or down, and asking them if they've lost interest or pleasure in activities that used to be joyful. And if an individual uh, screens positive for any one of those questions, they should be referred to a specialist for a full evaluation and possible treatment of depression. It doesn't need to take a lot of time to screen for depression. And how much does this treatment of depression impact the prognosis? I I know that there was a Canadian study that that looked at that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. That's a great question. There have been a couple large-scale multi-center studies looking at the treatment of depression in cardiac patients to see what kind of treatment, one, is effective for the treatment of depression in cardiac patients and also to see whether or not treatment for depression reduces the cardiac risk factors and outcomes that are associated with depression. And right now, we don't necessarily have any large consensus. So the Canadian Cardiac Randomized Evaluation of Antidepressant and Psychotherapy Efficacy Trial, which is the CREATE trial that came out last year, also in Montreal, was a randomized controlled double-blind study looking at the combination of clinical management versus interpersonal therapy for the treatment of depression. And that was also combined with whether or not patients were randomized to receive an SSRI, which is a typical first line of treatment for antidepression, versus a placebo. And what they found was that clinical care management, which was having a trained psychotherapist meet with patients weekly for 20 minutes to encourage compliance and encourage education about their cardiac disease, was effective in reducing depression, as was an antidepressant. And does it make sense to automatically prescribe an antidepressant in a patient who has been found to be depressed, or do you try the talk therapy, psychotherapy first? I don't think that there's a standard of care right now. There aren't enough studies to show any standard of care. I think the most important thing is to screen patients for depression, and individuals who show positive on that screening need to be referred for a full evaluation for depression, and that providers who are treating the patient need to make sure that they communicate with the cardiologist to ensure appropriate treatment of care, whether that be through psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and interpersonal therapy have been shown to be effective for the treatment of depression or whether they're using pharmacotherapy, specifically possibly an SSRI, that can definitely be determined by the mental health professional. What we know is that treating depression can improve quality of life, can potentially help individuals make better changes in their lifestyle behaviors, and quite possibly, although research hasn't shown it yet, quite possibly might have positive impacts on health outcomes. You know, depression, of course, is not the only emotional precursor or consequence of a cardiac event. Stress also has an impact on risk and recovery. So how do you screen for stress? And then how do you help patients manage stress? Sure. Individuals, once they're referred to a a psychologist, are going to be assessed for depression, anxiety, hostility, anger, coping strategies, and all of these things are going to be utilized in terms of developing whether or not a patient can benefit from treatment. Lots of individuals who are cardiac patients experience a good number of stressors, whether it's stress in the workplace, stress at home, and, and what we know is that the number of times that we respond to a stressful event, we're taxing our cardiovascular system. So encouraging individuals to take time out to relax, 
to take care of themselves will help trigger their parasympathetic nervous system and really reduce the physiological effects of their body. I'll also help cardiac patients manage their stress by teaching them some other behavioral or cognitive techniques to help them recognize their priorities in life, help them make better decision-making in the process so that they choose to respond to a stressful event in more healthy and beneficial ways. If you're just joining us, you are listening to a discussion on the treatment of the psychosocial and emotional consequences of a cardiac event on ReachMD the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and I'm speaking with Dr. Kim Leibowitz, the director and founder of the Cardiac Behavioral Medicine Program of the Bloom Cardiovascular Institute. I'd like to spend a little time now talking about sexual activity in the woman who recently has had a cardiac event. First of all, what is the impact of a significant cardiac event on sexuality and sexual activity? And what do you do about this? That's a great question. I think the first thing is definitely to collaborate with the cardiologist to ensure from a medical standpoint what's going to be some healthy physical activity, including sexual activity for that patient. Once an individual understands from a medical standpoint what their limitations are or are not, then issues of sexuality can definitely come to the forefront. Most often there are body image issues, so individuals who have received a pacemaker or defibrillator that might be visible from the outside, individuals who've undergone cardiac surgery and have a scar, and this is actually for men or women, can develop some body image issues. So we'll definitely discuss that, help them become more comfortable with themselves and their body image. There's also anxiety that can become present. Individuals after a cardiac event can become anxious and fearful that they might have a repeat cardiac event, and this fear can occur when they're engaging in any physical activity, whether it's exercise or whether it's sex activity. You know, in addition to the fear of something bad happening during sex, I mean, we know that depression has a profound effect on libido. So if we have this high rate of depression after a cardiac event, it seems that the libido issues may be just as important as the fear issues. Do you find that to be the case? Absolutely. Individuals who are depressed do report a decrease in sexual libido. And it's also important to keep in mind that some of the medications or treatments for their cardiac situation might also decrease increase their libido or their interest in sexual functioning. So that's something that I collaborate with the cardiologist with to help determine whether this is depression, whether this is a result of maybe some of their cardiac medications, and then there's always treatment, whether it's another medication, whether it's changing their cardiac medication, or whether it's treatment for their depression. You know, this is obviously potentially complex stuff, and it's an area that many therapists and psychiatrists even may be ill-equipped to handle. You, know, you don't exactly look up cardiac psychologists in the yellow pages. So how do we find someone who's familiar with these issues and with the treatment and issues of the cardiac patient who's depressed? Or do you think this is something that any good psychologist or psychiatrist can handle? You know, most mental health professionals will have specialists, and most of them will be well-equipped to deal with depression and anxiety and stress issues. And um, a cardiologist can find and try to locate a mental health professional who has experience and knowledge and training working with medical population. So even if it's not a cardiac population per se, individuals who are well-trained in the mind-body connection and dealing with some adjustment and coping issues and emotional distress that come up in medical patients are going to be your best bet. So do most major medical centers that deal with cardiac patients have these the sorts of programs that you founded? Unfortunately, cardiac psychologist or cardiac behavioral medicine program is not something that's common within a cardiac institute, although hopefully the trend is there and that 
the new American Heart Association recommendations for screening and treating depression in cardiac patients will sort of trigger a movement to incorporate psychologists in cardiac care. But I definitely think that uh, psychologists and cardiologists need to be integrated in the care of cardiac patients because we do know that emotional distress is a common consequence after a cardiac event, and it also is a risk factor for the development and for a proper outcome after a cardiac event. And is there anything that you would like to add or that you think that the primary care physician would benefit from knowing in terms of really helping these patients? Screening for depression is simple, and it can occur in a short period of time. Ask patients if they're feeling sad or down. Ask patients if they've noticed a change in their mood. Ask them if they have a history of depression. And then your job is not to evaluate or treat the depression, but a physician's job is to refer the patient to an individual who can then evaluate and treat for depression. I would like to thank my guest, Dr. Leibowitz, who has given us new insight into the role of treating both pre-existing and coexisting depression in cardiac patients as an important factor in altering cardiac risk. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker. You are listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. For a complete program guide and podcasts, visit ReachMD.com.